Welcome to The Positivity Effect, where paying it forward and doing something positive in someone's life can provide them with the confidence and motivation to do the same for someone else. Like a stone dropped into a lake, let's create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world. And it begins with your host, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Hey, what's up, guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 89, Curiosity is the Great Equalizer. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Today we have Barry Ryan back on. If you missed yesterday's episode, I strongly urge you to go back and listen because it'll make this episode that more powerful. For those tuning in for the first time, for the past 30 plus years, Barry has been the most sought-after sales trainer and consultant in Silicon Valley. His sales seminars and curiosity-based methodology have been widely praised for moving far beyond theory and into simple practical steps that have an immediate impact on the attitudes, skills, effectiveness, and earnings of the participants. Barry is known for his ability to get results in days that would normally take years for most salespeople to master. Today we dive deep into his sales through curiosity training and how that applies to our lives, to our relationships, to our happiness, to building a business, to making an impact on the world. We talk about breaking through limiting beliefs, literally. (laughs) You'll have to listen to understand what I mean and how to make a difference in our families and to millions of people on the planet. I just want to thank Barry again for spending time with us on the show. This is truly a special treat to have him on and to learn firsthand from someone with so much experience how to apply curiosity to our lives. The lessons in today's episode and yesterday's are just beyond profound. You may want to listen a second time. For more information, head over to sellingthroughcuriosity.com. And specifically, if you want to apply Barry's teachings to your personal life, Under the Programs tab, click through on the Through Curiosity Suite. So guys, get yourself again into a peak state, get focused, and help me welcome Barry back to The Positivity Effect. Hey, Barry, what's up? Welcome back. Day two on The Positivity Effect. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. And yesterday was just an incredible journey of hearing your story. And for me, the point that I really locked onto was was hearing about how at such a year, a, a early on, a young point in your life, you always had questions and you always were questioning. And you also had a very a strong mindset of whatever was happening in your life, even if it, was, if it was good, if it was bad, whatever stressors on life, that you were able to step outside of it. And, and you had such a high, you know, this, this awareness level that we talk about that people have, especially it's, you know, I, I call that word wisdom. The more wisdom you have as you, as you get older, you had this wisdom at such a year, an early age. And the cool part about it and hearing your story is how you remain such laser focused throughout your life that even through the ups and the downs that you were going to build this business and build this idea and, and share this. And, and just to hear now the, the companies you consult with and the people you help and, and the blessings that have come into your life. It's really, it's, it's awesome to hear it. So just, yeah, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. So, I want to talk about 
selling through curiosity and those questions that question the, the way you've lived your life. That's, that's how you live your life. What does that, where does that start with somebody when they, when they come and they approach you for this kind of consulting, whether it be to help them have a better relationship with their spouse, to their kids, to they're running a, a billion dollar company. Where does that start? Um, where does curiosity start? You know, I, I, I think that for, for me, if you, if, Curiosity is kind of the, the, the great equalizer. It, it, it handles so many things. So, you know, in my sales training, selling through curiosity, we have a saying, would you rather be right or would you rather be rich? You know, if you think about, you know, you know living through curiosity, would you, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? And, you know, when, when you think about righteousness and people, you know, we all operate off a perspective of what we think is the right thing to do or, or we have our stories that we, we tell ourselves and genuine curiosity does not have a filter. See, the, the beautiful thing about, you know, you can ask questions and come from righteousness, and you can ask questions that you already know the answers to, or you can ask questions that you, you, already, you already have a perspective. That's not curiosity. That's asking questions. There's a very big difference. When one is genuinely curious, their only agenda is to understand. And so when we look at the game of selling, how effective we are at being curious is, is, it has a massive impact on the process. And what we assert and we challenge people to think about in our class is that curiosity is the foundational, you know, is the, is the foundation of all steps of selling. So whether you're, you're, you know, prospecting or you're dealing with objections, you're trying to set appointments, or whether you're trying to solve people's business problems, you can't, selling is nothing more than, understanding a customer's issues and business problems and integrity says, if we have a solution that we can solve those business problems, then we want to be able to communicate our solution in a way that maps to their specific issues and show them how we solve their business problems. And then it's, and then closing is nothing more than being curiosity on what the process is from here. Objection handling is nothing more than understanding people's concerns and being able to find ways to, to deal with them. And so, so curiosity becomes a way of, of showing up. Now, I will also argue that curiosity, parenting through curiosity, is no different. It is, you know, when you're righteous and you're on an agenda of you, my child, shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that or what you're doing is wrong or you're not moving fast enough, those are all filters that we put on. And, and you know, parenting, there's, you know, that's, that's for many people that is a very, very prominent and powerful you know, way of being, and, and, and yet when someone's two years old, no, they can't go play at the edge of a, of a cliff. I get it, but when, when they start mm-hmm. moving up their, their process, how do you ask questions of them that, so they can ask questions of themselves? And then if you want to fight, there's always time to fight, but most people create the fight as opposed to go understand what the issues of their concern are and, and how do you get out of the way and how do we not be righteous and how do we not create conflict and how do we ask questions and be curious and, and what, and how, you know, when, if we're doing that, how does that show up for the other person? And I will argue that it shows up really well when you genuinely are interested and you genuinely care, people get that. What kind of questions, what, what does that look like if we're talking about a relationship with a loved one or a friend? Like maybe there's, they, they never had this mindset of, of curiosity and where they did, but they didn't have it directed in the proper way. And maybe there's some kind of elephant in the room of 
in this relationship and nobody's addressing it, where do they start to, to make that breakthrough to address that? Well, it's, it's an interesting, it's, it's a fair question. It's a complicated answer, but, but in, at its simplest form, and, and again, it's why you know, I, was, I, was, I was telling, I, m- I mentioned yesterday when we chatted that I talked to a young CEO that read lots of personal development books, and, and the, the, the reason that I, don't, that I don't sell an e-book is because I don't believe that concepts like we're talking about are profoundly absorbed and changed without some practice. So I, in my world, mm. we do lots of practice. And so, so when I think about these concepts of, of curiosity with, with, with loved ones, I, it's, it's really no different than with anybody. And what I mean by that is the only thing in our control is our part. I find that most people look at life through the lens of a victim. And, and what I mean by that is, and we, we do a, a process in our sales training, and I do it after I'm in relationship with people. So I, I never would would do this as a standalone, but it's a it's a workshop where we give people a chance to answer questions about their life, but they we we give them the opportunity to answer them as if they're victims. So they get to blame, they get to point fingers, their their stories, and then we would give them the opportunity to ask the we answer the same questions, and we do that in the state of being 100% responsible, so 100% in my control. We can only look at our part. And, so, and it's very profound because we put people in these little groups, you know, four chairs back-to-back and a chair in front of them, and we run them in these, these exercises and, and give them a chance. And it's a very much a personal development workshop, even though we do it in a sales training seminar. It's, and we do it after we've earned the trust and the right to be able to shift the conversation away from sales training and into personal development. What is always interesting is people come away going, I just really didn't realize how much of a victim I was. I, I guess I really get caught up in blaming. And so it's very disempowering. And so when, you know, when I think about spouses, how often do we ask our spouse how we are doing compared to their ideal? How, how would they describe our behavior? What are the things that they would like us to see be, to be better, to be more effective at, to change, to, to tweak, to alter, to improve? You know, huh. th- those are questions that we don't, we don't typically ask. And, 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 and we, while we may be intended, how you ask those questions and the agenda for which and you bring them that, that's a whole other thing, right? Because genuine curiosity means that they get to answer the question any way they want, including, Barry, you suck. Right, but but what happens is when we when we we don't understand that they get the right to have an opinion. It's not we don't own that opinion. Now, what we might own is our part of how they have that opinion. Right, that that we may very much, but that's being completely accountable. But if I ask someone, what what, what do you really think about my training, and they go, I you know it's pretty good. Great. Well, what parts didn't you like? Ah, you know, I could have done without this exercise. I have to be just as curious about, well, tell me about that exercise. Why didn't you like it? What didn't, what didn't work for you? What would your coaching be for me on how I would redo it? I have to come at that information the same way that I would if someone says, you're the best trainer I ever had. And I go, well, God, thank you. Why do you say that? And I would be elated. The problem is, in those two situations, the, the mistake is judging data. So we have a couple things. We have a couple things in our training, which is no biggie to me, no biggie to them. And what that means is, if I don't react to them, then it won't be a big deal to them to engage with me. 
But if I think things are a big deal, they will feel that. So it's, and the second thing is, it's just information. And what I mean by that is, it's just information. So when I reach out and say to my daughter, tell me a little bit about what you're going to be accomplishing in school, or what are you thinking, or how's it going, I don't have an answer that she should answer. And so if it, if no, she no, says, it's no agenda. Do, there's no agenda, but to uh. be curious. She's an adult. She needs to live her life. But I do get to be curious. So when she says, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this or I'm going to do that, it's like, okay, what's your thinking on that? But if I'm asking because I want to lecture her, she'll know that. So what happens is I compromise the integrity of true curiosity by adding a filter, by adding my agenda, by having an outcome that I have ownership of. That's then that, what that means is, instead of being curious, I'm asking, I'm asking questions to prove or, disappoint, prove or disprove a fact or point. That is not curiosity. And in, in our trainings, what comes across and the reason our stuff, we get massive amounts of feedback around, thank you, I have a relationship with my kids. Thank you, I, I'm, I have, I'm back, I have a good relationship with my wife. Thank you, I've been able to clean up some of the bad relationships. I've realized some of the parts, my part of that. And these are people that went through, you know, days, weeks, or months of sales training, right? So it's like, how is it that sales training gets people to have better relationships with their kids? It's because we're not teaching sales training. We're calling it sales training. We're teaching people the fundamentals of how to be curious, how to genuinely be interested, how to genuinely care, how to get out of our own way, how to lose our righteousness. Would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Would you rather be right or would you rather be rich? So, so those are the kind of context to which we teach throughout our program, but those are never highlighted. What's highlighted is, okay, we're going to talk about elevator pitches, value-based. Okay, we're going to talk about discovery. Here's, let's role play. And what I'm able to do is over the course of our interactions and our role plays and our exercises, it, I create opportunities for people to draw the conclusions of how they're in their own way, how righteousness has cost them. It's, it's, we, we, we have one, it's, it's my, my wife's favorite workshop. It's my second favorite workshop that we do. But we call it turning fear into success. And what it is, we use the metaphor of it's our board-breaking workshop. And so we do it in business, but we don't tell people we're going to break boards. But what we do is, Tony Robbins has board-breaking. There's lots of training organizations that do board-breaking. The frame that we use is board-breaking is the perfect, it's the perfect metaphor for if I handed you a 12-inch by 12-inch by 1-inch thick piece of pine, and I said, I want you to put your fingers through it, your beliefs would be greater than your ability to take action. It would be paralyzing, as is getting out of comfort zone for many people. And so what we do is we talk about our limiting beliefs, the things that get in our way, the self-talk, the, the, the things that, that we say to ourselves or the, or the people that we listen to or whatever the, it may be, and we have people do writing on one side of the board. And on that board is a red circle. And, and then we, we say, now, I want you to read everything that you've done, and now what's the single, if you, there was one limiting belief that you want to break through today and get rid of, what would that limiting belief be? And they write that in the red circle. And then we flip it over and we do some eyes closed processes and we, it's, it's really, it's about a three hour workshop. And then we say, now, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations? 
you're here at a company, so you need to put some business goals, and then what are some personal goals? Who do you want to be? How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be thought about? How do you want to be described? And, and so they write those goals on the other side. And what we talk about is that in life, the only way to get your goals and to achieve greatness for you and your family by your definition, I didn't say greatness by success monetarily, greatness, whatever that looks like for you, peace, whatever that looks like for you, the only way to get that, if you haven't created it already, but it's important to you, is you have to break through your limiting beliefs. Because great, the greatness that people, that human beings want, we all really kind of want the same thing. And we have different labels for it, but it's pretty much the same stuff. I, I, I've read thousands of these boards of the limiting beliefs that people want to break through, and it's all the same crap. I, I read thousands of what the single most important goal they want to accomplish this year, and it's, it's the same. You know, it's never, by the way, I want to die with $100 million in the bank. It ain't that. It's sometimes there's financial success. Many times it's relationship. It's being relationship. It, it has to do with peace and living well and, and feeling good and, 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 and being able to be successful. And they have, everybody has their, their different personal goals, getting, you know, getting back in relationship with a certain child or being overcoming their fear or their worry. I, I see so many people that worry about their kids and, and those kind of things. And, and it's the perfect metaphor because the truth of the matter is with a 12 by 12 by 1 inch piece of pine, you can put your hand through it really easy. It, uh, my kids, when they were five, did it. And it just goes right through like butter, by the way. But it, it's so counterintuitive to the mind when they look at that. And so we set up a breaking station and we have loud music and it's really a, a powerful experience. But what happens is people break through the board and their hand, they're so afraid to take that first step, they have to trust. They just have to have enough faith that they can reach their goals, the backside of the board, through their limiting beliefs, that they're so afraid. And, and we tell people, you have to sign a waiver to stay in the room. You don't have to break boards. You don't have to break boards. And a lot of people, up until the last minute, do not want to break boards. They're too afraid. But then when they're in the situation, and, 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 and this last one I just did for one of my companies that we work with, my daughter came, and she's been part of the creating of the boards, drawing red circles and all, and helping me get ready, but she's never <laughs> been to one. So she came to one, and we had this room, and, and it was a, you know, a big room of people. And, and my, my daughter, I, you know, she, um, it gets me kind of emotional. She filled out her board, and she was all fired up. And, and when she went and busted through that board, that room erupted. Well, now, what do you do when you're a grown man scared to death that you are worried about looking bad to put your hand through a board and you don't think you can? And by the way, size has no indication of internal peace of mind and confidence. And then you watch this little girl blow up this board. And then all of a sudden, the room and the excitement, and they get caught in that excitement of maybe I can in that hope. And they bust through that board, and then we break them into groups, and we have some some group discussion and everybody goes, they're they're so amazed at how easy it was. And then what I'm able to do is tie that to, but so is accomplishing your dreams. The the, the world wants you to have those. The world isn't against you being happy. The world isn't against you being rich. The world isn't against you having bad relationships. The world isn't against you. You know, wanting great relationships. It's not against you. The world just is the world. The universe does what it does. And if there's others that have achieved that, you can too. 
but one needs to take that first step. One needs to, to have that faith of, can you do it? It isn't about, do I know how? It's just, I need to get started. And I need to be curious to go figure out who knows what I need to know. How do I learn about it? What does that look like? It, you know, it's, it, it is shocking to me all these years later that every successful person that I know, every, every leader in community and every successful person in, in relationship, and, and, you know, they are motivated to make a difference on the planet some way, somehow. There's a few percentage of people that are successful and they're, they're crooks and they're, they're, they believe that I have to win and you lose. I get all that. But for the most part, that is not the way the world works. I don't believe that. I've met too many, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. I've met too many and, and the 99.999% are all awesome people. And, and they put their pants on one leg at a time like we do. They still have their same issues. It's, it's the same stuff. And, and so, it, it, it's just one step at a time. How do we be curious? What's important to you? What are you trying to accomplish? Who do we, what's the first step? My wife always says the first step, you're 90, you're 90% there. You know, oh man. <laughs> so hearing that whole story with your daughter and everything, you got me in tears, Barry. That was, that was really powerful. And one of the biggest takeaways for me was when you said that for the biggest transformations are, are through the action. Of, of when people come to the actual event and there's things that are happening in person. And then you mentioned yesterday, we talked about the story of the, the young CEO and, the, and, the, and he said, why? Why are you reading those books? And then when you actually got in and, and you guys did the work and the transformation that happened, and I think so many of us, that step really happens when we give ourselves that space. I, I feel like so many of us, as we get older, we just life just sw- swoops you up. And until you, you give yourself, like you can read all the books, but until you, you give yourself that space. I had an, another gentleman on, his name is Devin Bannison. He's, a, he's a, a life coach and results coach. And he was saying, it wasn't, he goes, Thomas, it wasn't until I, I allowed myself time for myself to go to, he went to another event that was an event for him. And it was, so he had this transformational experience and that's where like his career, his entrepreneurial career took off. And that's what I'm just hearing through this is that it's, it's these experiences that when, when person, they give themselves that, that space and that time to come in to see what's going on. Because when you're, you're, you're when you're in your day to day and you, you know, you sit down and you have a long day, you can read a book, but you're not going to have that transformational experience if you don't step outside of your life for a moment to just breathe and to see where you really need to have some work to that, that needs to be done. Yeah, it's, it is, um, it's, it's always interesting. I, I, there's a lot, and there's lots of personal development workshops. There's lots of stuff to do. And, you know, but my challenge and my experience is that, you know, people just don't know how it's not that they, they're not interested. Um, I, I would say quite the opposite. I'm, I'm working with a, a, a company now where we're in conversations and it's an online dating organization. And, and if you think about the ultimate gift that I can give back, I mean, my, my, my final business goal, I retired the first time in 2000 and, and hung out for seven years and did, did you know, CEO interviews and did some coaching and stuff for some of the, the, the venture guys that, that helped me work with companies and get equity and those kind of things. And, and my, I got back in the business world with the one goal, which was how do you make a difference to millions of people on the planet? And, and, the the, the the messages that we teach and the skills that we teach are are, are truly transformational and, and and I've been very blessed to to be the the messenger of those those kinds of things and and make a difference and and you know I've I've done it all in the sales world because 
one thing that's easy to do is when you sit down with the CEO and say, look, I'll come in, I'll provide the initial five-day training or I'll provide a, an event, I'll do it for free. It will cost you a penny. If at the end of that you believe there's value, then I want this much money. Those, those are easy conversations to have. For, for years, when I started this business, I would meet CEOs here in Silicon Valley of smaller companies. Now it doesn't matter what size, but in those days it was smaller because I could get access to them and I was nobody, didn't know what I was doing. But I, was, I had a simple business model. Let's come up with, let me evaluate your company, let me look at your organization, and I'll, I'll do an assessment, and then you tell me where you want your revenue, where you want, what's, where you want to transform your sales team to. We'll come up with a mark, and we'll say, if you get that, so you want to raise your sales $3 million a year, well, I want $200,000, but you get to make your $3 million first. How's that? And if you don't like me, fire me. At will employment. It was, it, it's a really hard argument to, to argue with, right? That's a really difficult... Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. It's, 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 fully accountable. it's a win-win. It's a win-win-win. It's a win-win. And so I'm, I, I got to thinking, you know, what is the largest group of people that want happiness but don't know how? And I will argue finding a mate is the hardest thing on the planet. I, I don't know how people do it. I, I'm blessed. I, I was married my first time at 21, divorced at 20 at 25, and that was because of my righteousness, and that helped me realize maybe I don't know everything, and, and I was able to break out and start my quest for what don't I know that I don't know, and how am I in my own way, and I met my wife, now I, we've been married 20, give me 21 years, and I, it's the love of my life, I mean, we're 21 years into it, and, and we dig each other, and we, we awesome. are very different, so we all say, oh, I found someone that thinks exactly the way I do on every topic. Oh, no, 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 no. That <laughs> is not the case. Right? However, we, and when I married her, my boys are from her previous marriage, and my, I have an awesome ex-husband. I, I call him my ex-husband, Mike, who's the boy's <laughs> dad. And, I, and awesome. when, I, when I got the boys, you know, when I came into their life, they were two and three, so I was there at a very young age, and I was this bachelor, and now all of a sudden I'm a dad. And, you know, be, try to find a mate, and then how do you hang on to them? And it's so amazing. When you want to talk about divorce and righteousness, it is always amazing to me that people won't look at their part in a divorce. They're very blameful. They'll blame the other person all day long, but they won't look at their part. Like, how, what did I do? What didn't I do? How was I different? What? Because if you don't answer those questions, the next relationship you do, you're going to set it up for for failure anyway, and, and the, the thing is is that you just won't have the 20 years of baggage you did on the first wife, but 20 years from now, you'll have that baggage with your second wife, the same exact, because we don't ever go fix that, and so I, I really got to thinking, gosh, what if there was a skills-based program, what if there was ways that we could work with singles people to help them become confident in their approach, to understand how what, what are the how-tos? How to engage with people? How do you use curiosity to, to connect with someone? How do you use curiosity to, to qualify or, or filter? I was, I was talking to an ex-CEO of, of one of these um, online dating companies, and he says, you know, it's amazing because many of these companies, you know, there's lots of people, psychologists and psychiatrists and, and counselors that talk about dating and finding love, but no one's ever taken a singles approach to it. And when you think about it, if you get on an online dating service, you have a profile, and you're, 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 you want to be able to share the value of, of what's important to you, and, and 
and yet you still have to reach out and connect. And, and then what do you do with that connection? And, and how do you take rejection? And, and, and are you taking it to your, your self-concept, which is so unhealthy? And how, how do you make that a more effective approach? And how do you, when you finally get a date, how, how do you interact? What, what are the questions? How do you engage in people? How do you get, we got to get people out of the way of screwing the stuff up. And I heard some statistics where, you know, the, 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 the percentage of people that leave a first date and think it went bad, but the other person thinks it went okay, is huge. But no one bothers to check in. So I, I got, I got to tell you a funny story in a moment about that. So, so the idea then becomes, you know, what, what, how does dating through curiosity work? What, what does that look like? How does connecting through curiosity? And I will argue that people want, no one has a lack of dreams. Many people can't get out of the comfort zone. They don't know how. And curiosity level sets all of that because there's not a whole lot of things that you would, a person would want to accomplish that curiosity doesn't support some part of that. So here's a point where my curiosity was low. Uh, my fiance, we've been dating for more than seven years and we're getting married in September. And our, one of our first dates was... We had a great time. We went to the city. We went uh, to New York City. We went ice skating and, and we came back home and uh, it was cold out. So I went to turn my car and warm it up and we're hanging out. We're sitting inside on the first floor and uh, all that nervous, you know, first date energy. And uh, obviously she's, she's thinking if, you know, I'm going to kiss her or not. And we're hanging out and so much time had passed and I was so nervous. Finally, she goes, I think your car is warmed up. <laughs> I love it. So, so I'm like, oh yeah. Again, a complete zero curiosity. I'm completely oblivious, you know. Like, so I get up, give her this nice big hug, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah. Like, I did. I give her this huge hug. So I'm like, I get, I get to my car, start driving home. I got like my one hand on the top of the wheel, driving home. Like, I'm like, so cool. I'm like, yes. I give this hug. Like, what? It was great. We had a great night. What a wonderful date. Like, can't wait for the second one. So here's me. I'm having like, the parallel. If, like it was like a TV show, like the, the cut down the middle is me on the right, like hand on the steering wheel, like yeah. And then her calling her best friend, like, could you believe it? All he did was give me a hug. And it was hilarious. Like we laugh at it all the time. Like there is that parallel. Like I was completely oblivious, <laughs> and totally. definitely wasn't curious enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, and congratulations, and thank and, you, thank you. And you made that connection, and then you've been able to figure out how to to be together. And I, I think that the majority of people really just don't know the how. And and I will argue that in entrepreneurship, I will argue that in 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 dealing with with relationships, I will argue that in in kids. You know, the strategy that a, an adult, a parent uses when a child is young, if that strategy doesn't evolve with that child's strategy of life. There's conflict, oh, and so man. much of conflict is so unnecessary. It's just not. And I'm, I'm, you know, I, 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 my, my oldest boy, he was my free spirit, very much, um, very much so. And, and and so, you know, he's been my biggest teacher in how to let go of my pictures of right, and how to evolve my curiosity. See, I'm, I was a natural at business, but doing it in my personal life, boy, that was tough. My wife was is 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 the most brilliant person I've ever seen when it comes to, to being curious and to, to engaging with, with you know, children that way and, and, and our kids. And I, I remember when Taylor was, was literally two and a half, I think he was, he wasn't even three yet, and he had written with an indelible marker all over the wall. And we had just moved into this house, and I, and in my house, that would have been World War III. It didn't matter <laughs> your age. And you know, he was only, what, three years old. And, 
and Mary Jane sat down with him. Actually, it might have been four. I beg your pardon. It was a little bit later. And she sat down with him, and, and, and they sat in front of this mural that he had just destroyed with this marker I wrote over the wall. And she said, Taylor, what can you tell me about this? And he started describing the sunset and all these things. Well, he had done a brilliant job. It was beautiful. He, he was being creative. And her brilliance, which I never would have thought of, was to go understand. You know, I, I think, you know, it was Steve Covey that says, seek first to understand, or I, I forget his saying, but, you know, it's like we got to understand. It's, 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 you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You know, use them. And, and, and it was amazing that I watched her do that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never would have thought that. And she said, okay, well, we only write on paper and so let's go get a couple sponges and you can help me clean it up. Well, of course, it wouldn't clean up. It was indelible. So she let it work for a while until he was like beside himself. And then she said, okay, so now what we want to do is you want to write on paper. And she takes him over and they start drawing on paper. The lesson was done. There was no conflict. Curiosity prevailed. There was no agenda. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And so that's when I knew, oh, man, do I have a lot... I have got to figure out how to take the stuff I have learned in business and apply it and get through my own stuff in personal. Cause that, and so that's what's been my learning over the last 20 years is how I've now learned to apply the fundamentals of, of curiosity, the, the selling through curiosity, how I've now applied that and how you let go and there's some fundamentals. And selling, customer gets to be right. If they're a turd, you don't get to call them out on being a turd. If they raise their voice for whatever reason, you don't get to say, hey, I'm your father. Shut up. You don't get to do that. But it's all interesting how we'll do that as a parent. Right. So it was interesting to draw the correlations for me of, wow, okay, so I was able to bring these mindsets that you bring to a sales world, which is, would you rather be right or would you rather be rich? Would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Would you rather be right or would you rather be in relationship? Those are really great fundamentals to be with a child, in my opinion, or and my adult, my kids are adults, and it's still... No difference. I, would I rather be right or would I rather be in relationship with my kids? You know what? I want to be in a relationship. Isn't that beautiful? That's be- what I want to do. It's beautiful, too, that like your your story of always – your whole life of asking questions led you to this point where you learned like such a profound lesson from your son. And and it, it was so much more impactful because you had that awareness from your from your professional life. Yeah, it was hard work. Well, by the way, everything I say – I mean, I make it, everything sound pretty easy – it's work. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I, I you know, it, it would be inappropriate for people to, you know, be, get off this and say, well, it's really easy to do. No, it's really not. <laughs> but you have to be willing to step up. And my kids will tell you, my wife will tell you, I am one that, you know, it, in the battle, you never want to fight someone in the battle. Let it calm down a minute. But, but when someone can say, look, I want to share with you how, you know, my interpretation, here's what I saw, and this is what I felt, and, you know, what, what, what was going on for you? And me look at it and go, man, I had no idea. I am so sorry. That, that won't happen again. That, I will change that. And, and I'm, I'm really good about putting things into practice really fast. That responsibility, and, and yeah. Totally. There's all, it's the only thing I can control. I can't control, you know, if I open my mouth and I hurt of someone and, and they don't like me ever again, you know, I, I cause that, but now moving forward, the only thing I can do is go make amends. The only thing I can do is put in correction. The only thing I can do is, you know, ask for forgiveness. The only thing I can do is, is you know, stop defending my position, right? You know, the rule number one is, 
you know, if you're digging a hole, stop digging. And, you know, you do, the last thing you want to do is keep digging and then jump in and pull the dirt in on top of yourself. Stop digging. <laughs> oh, man. So righteousness won't let many people apologize. Righteousness is all about being right. And I don't want to be right. I want to be happy with my family and friends. You know, hearing that story of your son, it reminded me of another story somebody shared with. It was, uh, they told me about their son and, and he, he was playing baseball and he hit the ball and he ran to third base. And everybody, you know, the coach was, no, no, you know, you can't do that. And the way the parent responded was, you you did an amazing job running to third base. And it wasn't that point, it wasn't the point to to reprimand, you know, and say that was the wrong thing. But, and then basically right. after the moment had passed, next time, just just almost very parallel to what you said is, okay, but next time when you hit it, you're going to run, you're going to run this way. And it was like, like you said, the lesson, the lesson was already made and it happened. Right. I mean, it's just, it, it is... I don't know. There's just my wife is one of those very rare people that it became it came so natural to her, and she just does not react. She thinks it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, now it's funny because now in our in our old age, we we laugh because we'll hear at one of our children, and even though they're adults, you never give up being a parent. That's just right. for me. It's like it just that ain't ever going to happen, and so you're always worried a little bit. But we'll hear something. We'll wait. We'll chat about it later. But neither one of us. We're really. I am very proud of my wife and. And, and I and how we interact with our children and we create the space for greatness to happen. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen on the same time frame that my wife and I would like. It just doesn't seem to happen that way. But it doesn't matter because that would have, that means we would be leading and we would be on our, our agenda. So it's really the magic of life is how do you create a space and let greatness happen? And greatness happens at, there's, people have different time frames. They have different, you know, agendas. They have different, you know, uh, they, they, in intensity, they have different, you know, desires, and, and, and then they have their own stuff, and they're like, you know what, sometimes, you know, how long does it take me to get through my own stuff? Well, you know what, you know, a 25-year-old kid, maybe, maybe they're not blow, knocking, you know, blowing out because they're dealing with stuff they got to deal with, and why would I want to rob them from that ability to learn the lessons that they need to learn to become right. the people that they need to become? Wow. Barry, thank you so much. This has been wonderful just, just for your stories and your transparency too. Uh, like you said, it's, it's, you have to hear all of that. And that's how people, they make these breakthroughs when they, when they, when they see, they always say like your, your mess is your message. And I feel that in my own life, like when, whatever you're struggling with, you, you teach people how to get through it from what you, from what you've learned. So thank you so much for everything you've, you've done today and, and what you shared. And I just want to ask you one last question, Barry. And um, again, thank you so much for coming on and spending this, out, this time with us. And I, you, kind of, you kind of touched upon it over these last two days in, in different ways, but I just want to frame this question in, a diff, in one last way. If you were suddenly, if you were at the end of your life and you were reflecting on all that you've done, all that you've been through and, and all that you have created, what kind of impact would you want to be remembered for? You know, I, I, I would say that that is the trajectory that I'm on. And, and that is, you know... One of the things, other than being a really great parent and a great spouse, which is and a great friend, those are my all my my top three. You know, from there, it's then what I want to be remembered for is getting a person to think a thought they never thought before. And and what I mean by that is, you know, most people don't think about being curious. Most people don't think about their part. Most people don't think about righteousness. Most people don't think about. You know, how, who do they have to become? How do they develop? How do they change? You don't think about, you know, how, how to be successful in sales. And so what I, my, my life is built around 
what sales is all about. Sales is getting a person to think a thought they never thought before, which means that if I'm here to sell you something, I want you to think the thought that I am the perfect solution for you and you want to work with me. That is the essence of influence. If, if I'm thinking as a, as a child and I want you to think a thought you never thought before, maybe that's, you know, that, that, that being successful is important or maybe education is important. It's, it's how do you get a person to think a thought they never thought before? And what I know is lecture isn't that way. Lecture doesn't do that. And, and so it's not the most effective way. So for me, I want to, you know, I'm, my, my, I'm on the you know, final chapters of my career, which is, you know, how do you make a difference to millions of people on the planet? How, how do you profoundly allow people to accomplish their dreams, to, to create happiness for themselves? And, and I believe in my heart that the fundamentals of curiosity is the fastest way to get there because it has so many skills and messages and beliefs around it. It's the perfect it's the perfect metaphor for how do you go create greatness and, and curiosity is that. So that's that's being a great friend, being being a great dad and being a great parent. Those are my top and from that is how do you get people to 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 you know get out of their comfort zone and, and, and create greatness for themselves. Guys, the fundamentals of curiosity is the fastest way to get there. You're hearing that from somebody who, like you said, you're in that last phase of your career, it's so much experience and we if if you if we cut away the whole interview from today and yesterday, I think that is the biggest takeaway, guys. The fundamentals of curiosity is the fastest way to get there. Barry, thank you so much for sharing that and for coming on. Guys, Barry Ryan, selling through curiosity.com. If you just head over to the contact page, you can put your information in and and, and figure out how this this may be something for you and it, it is for all of us and how you can see how being more curious in your own life, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's in a business, if you run a business, how it could take you to the next level. So Barry, thank you so much. Thank you. Good luck to everybody. Take care. Bye now. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Positivity Effect. I hope we stirred self-reflection in you on topics like transparency, compassion, and empathy. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to PositivityEffects.com and support the show by making a purchase. During the month of May, just enter promo code LAUNCH and you will receive 10% off your order. If you haven't had a chance also, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. They mean the world and they help get the word out about the show. So thank you again for tuning in. See you tomorrow, guys, for another episode of the Positivity Effect.